Hello and welcome to episode 55 of The Worst Critics, where we talk to you about the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies, music, television, and more. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And let's get straight to the news. Going to be a second short news week in a row. A little bit of casting news to start off. Jonah Hill to play Jerry Garcia in a new Scorsese Grateful Dead biopic movie. Uh, Apple is looking to produce this movie because they are producing his new movie that we talked about with Jesse Plemons and uh, DiCaprio, Killers of a Moonflower, Killers of Flower Moon, whatever, one of those things, FBI, I don't know, Scorsese movie. So uh, Jonah Hill, yeah, Jonah Hill to star in another Scorsese movie. Moving on, Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy to star in a new movie based around the U.S. evacuation of Afghanistan that happened, I don't know, three months ago, two months ago. So that was pretty a, cool, dude. Yeah, pretty I good turnover this. rate. Yeah, it's like, uh, fuck. I'm trying to think. Like, it's the same kind of marketability as like the American Sniper thing. Like, 100%. you're just like big story, big actor, and these actors one aren't going to turn down because it's going to get huge amounts of money. But two, it's like, well, we got to do it because we're American, bro. And, like, we're white Americans, and we got to show best white America, which is killing people. And so, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, dude. Rock on, white America. You know, we're the best. Rock rock flag and eagle, baby. Rock flag and eagle. Nothing better than American propaganda, okay? Moving on to some reboot and sequel news. Dan Trattenberger's Trattenberger. Did we ever? Trattenberg. Trattenberg. Sorry, Dan Trattenberg's Predator prequel about a Comanche woman is now officially titled Prey. It will release on Hulu in 2022. Uh, we did... Those of you who don't remember, we did talk about this at length. Uh, pretty much came up with every possible name other than Skull, uh, which was its previous like working title, and then the director was like, well, you know, things change. Yeah, things <laughs> and so now change. now here we are. Uh, I talked about this a little bit before this, uh, but I don't understand why you would need to avert an audience from the series you're trying to bring back. Uh, this mm-hmm. seems like a dumb idea. I could see this for maybe like a, uh, a, a secret Terminator spinoff. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end, John Connor pops up and he's, he goes, I'm John Connor bitch or something like that, you know? And people are like, Oh, this is a Terminator movie. But this will literally feature predators doing predator things, but it's aptly titled Prey because I don't know. Yeah, I like I have a feeling like this would be like if I don't even like if there's like a Lego Batman movie, but instead they just called it Batman or something like you kind of got it right. You know, you talk about the same thing, but like if you're, I don't know why we're not talking about the fact that it's the Lego Batman. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I simply do not understand why this is not called Predator, colon, Prey. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe the execs know what's up. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I think the actual, the bigger news here is that it's coming to Hulu. Because I assume this was going to be a theatrical release, but maybe they don't have a lot of faith in it. Uh, so Hulu original coming next year. Moving on. Uh, Mel Gibson is set to direct Lethal Weapon 5. That's enough about Mel Gibson. Moving on. I, dude, wait, I hear oh. he hangs dong in that movie. <laughs> okay, that, that that was worth it, but we're going to move on <laughs> to Disney Plus has announced that they're releasing a new X-Men 1997 animated series in 2023. This will be a revival of sorts for the original animated X-Men that, you know, 
popularized popularized X-Men uh, once again for the masses back in the 90s. So we will be seeing that. Hopefully the animation is similar. I doubt they'll get the same voice actors because they're probably, I don't know, dead by now and old. So uh, let's just hope the animation is similar. I think that's really what matters. But moving on, HBO Max is looking to reboot Under Siege. Uh, Under Siege is a classic. Uh, there's air quotes there you guys can't see, but a classic Steven Seagal movie that is uh, known for being a Steven Seagal movie. So we're going to see that. It's got Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey, two of the biggest <laughs> actors of all time. How so. many people under the age of 30 know who Gary Busey is? You know what I'm saying? I, I would, yeah, I would love to. No, that's not true. All of them who had watched that one roast that he was a part of where he looked like a senile old man. That he's looked like that for the last 30 years at least. So that's just Gary Busey's look. Okay, that's his face. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way he is. Right. Moving on. John M. Chu, who we know as the director of In the Heights, uh, is to direct a musical animated comedy based on all the places you'll go. The Dr. Seuss book that people enjoy people read i don't remember this one like i don't remember as a kid this oh, book in particular but uh i you know an animated movie off a 20 page kids book is always a choice but hey they've done it before they'll do it again and they'll do it again because why not uh you know i'm not sure about john m chu he's not like the greatest director of all time but hopefully he brings something to the table that's not just an Illumination, Sony ripoff, Despicable Me style, but uh, we'll see. Moving on, Kate Blanchett and Ben Stiller to star in The Champions. Uh, it is a movie reboot of an old 60s show where these spies go on a plane, and the plane crashes, and they resurrect, but they don't know how. Then they figure out that they were helped by an ancient civilization who, nice. of, cor who of course gives Naturally. them superpowers. You know, ancient civilizations always bestow superpowers, uh, just naturally, every day in history. That's how people get superpowers. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be yeah. a comedic role. The Champions is a British espionage thriller, science fiction, occult detective fiction adventure television series. Wow, so. I love that. I absolutely love it. Like, that's going to be a name of my show is just those words put together. <laughs> yeah, espionage thriller, science fiction, occult detective fiction, adventure television series. So. Yes, that's going to be the greatest the show ever seen. Colin, colon the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I assume this is going to be a little comedic just because Ben Stiller, but he's been known to do a serious role every... Yeah, Secret Life of Walter Mitty was serious enough i was about to say every decade or so he does a serious role so maybe this will be a more serious one um i can imagine kate blanchett being funny so i don't you know it's more ben stiller being serious than kate blanchett being funny is the thing uh so who knows uh i don't know if it's gonna be family film whatever moving on to our last piece of news already to no one's surprise fx has canceled why the last man before its season one finale I'm not sure if that finale has come on now or since I typed this up, but if you are looking forward to Brian K. Vaughn's Why the Last Man being on the silver screen, too bad because it's over and done for. Sorry done. about you. It's done. Canceled. Uh, this is the show that was in development for at least 10 years, probably since since I've been keeping up with 
this kind of shit news. Uh, yeah, so too bad. You had your chance. You you had your one chance to get out of development hell, and you get canceled. So, well, you know what's funny, too, is that IMDb really doesn't even rate it that particularly low. Um, I just don't think a lot of people were watching it was the big thing. It's definitely the viewership. I don't think there is that. Uh, I don't think there was a good marketing push. I don't think there was any viral things or, you know, actual online marketing. I didn't see any uh, clips of it, really. I saw it on, you know, sites that are geared towards all this stuff. But when there are literally a thousand geeky shows coming out every year now, uh, it's it's hard to wade through that to find one you will actually watch live on air and contribute to that show's success. But who who knows? You know, maybe we'll come back someday. Maybe we'll get another reboot down the road. I don't doubt that here in 10 or 20 years, but uh, too bad for now. If you want to take it away with the album releases for this week. I certainly do. Um, so we've got a couple of interesting ones at the very least. Um, so we have Brian Wilson, um, who you might know as the lead singer of the Beach Boys, um, oh, kind of like the alive? creative genius behind that. Yeah, dude, he's insane. He's so good. Um, Wasn't there a movie based actually, on him? I was going to say there's a biopic um, with John Cusack playing Brian Wilson. I forget exactly what it's called, but it is a hundred million percent worth watching. It is so good. Um, what was it called? Uh, great question. Ah. <laughs> uh, that let was me a get gotcha on that real right quick. Uh, yes. Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. Gotcha. 2014. Um, just so good. Just so good. I really... I have one more time. Just so good. Um, so is this a new album? Do we know, or is this like a montage? So, of these? so it's like I, it's he he's been making music solo for some time, and I think a lot of people just like our age, especially, just don't recognize his name because I don't think he ever cared to be Paul McCartney. Like Paul McCartney wanted to be Paul McCartney, you know. And Brian Wilson is fucking Brian Wilson, but like I don't think a lot of people cared about him like as a sex icon, and you know he's got like a lot of. It's it's worth watching the biopic. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, there's reasons why Paul McCartney's Paul McCartney, and like the sex, drugs, fame, kind of American superstardom can hit that kind of guy, and not this kind of guy. I um, also want to attribute that to his name being very plain, and I I'm sure I could go on the street and find three Brian Wilsons, you know. <laughs> like, but, um, but anyway, it's called My Piano, so I assume it's piano renditions plus a few new ones, but I really have no clue. Um, next we have Fred again, who I think we've talked about before. Um, also sometimes just soloed as Fred. Um, he's like Remember a British Fred? singer, but he's also well, not that Fred. <laughs> uh, he does like remixes. Um, he was in an acapella group. Um, but he's basically just like a big known English producer and songwriter. So he does stuff with Ed Sheeran and Stormzy and Halsey and the XX and Underworld and a bunch of people. So a lot of collabs with him. Um, and this is called Actual Life um, 2. He had one called Actual Life 1, where I think it's like he based it on real people in his life, and there's like real interspliced conversations and things. And um, yeah, so eh, probably not super interesting, but if you like Fred, it should be fun. The other one is uh, James Blunt. Uh, he's got Stars Beneath My Feet. When's the last time um, he put out an album? Great question. Can we um, get a year I on that? I think 2019. Oh, 
Really? Has he been making music steadily? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, never mind. Uh, this says. Oh, I see. I see. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> well, it is confusing. On August 28th, he announced the title of his forthcoming sixth album, Once Upon My Mind, and released a single. Okay? Yes. Then, in July 2021, so never says released, then the next statement is, in July 2021, he released, or he announced the release of his first greatest hits called The Stars Beneath My Feet. Okay. So it's just so a sometime between 2019 and now. Yeah, this is just a boo, 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 boo. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, Kay Trinata hey. uh, got a new uh, Intimidated project coming out. All right, more, um, more Kaytra is the better. And then finally, uh, the best piece of news this week, um, Snoop Dogg, formerly Snoop Lion, formerly Martha Stewart's Little Bitch. Formerly uh, Snoopzilla. Yes, formerly Snoopzilla. Um Formerly Dr. Dre's little bitch. Uh, formerly, <laughs> coming <out with> the... <laughs> formerly probably a rat. <laughs> coming out with the album, um, The Algorithm, uh, not to be confused with that great algae rhythm uh, from Space Jam uh, 2.0 or whatever the fuck that was marketed Can't as. Can't get that confused. We all know algae rhythm is going to be superior to whatever Snoop Dogg puts out. It's a fact. Yeah, facts. Um and that's it. Uh, Robert Plant has this collab thing. If you remember who Robert Plant is from Led Zeppelin, yep. Um, but it's like with this violinist and bluegrass singer. Nope. And okay. I just, I was like, I don't really know what this is going to be. But it's called Raise the Roof, and um, that's the last like semi-interesting one. Old man music made by old men. It's classic Clint Eastwood. The sure. woman is the bluegrass singer with the violin oh okay okay well she old can i just chalk it up to old people um, not really she's kind of young shit <laughs> okay well moving on what'd you do this week um so i pretty much did nothing outside of one extra song from our normal and one extra movie um song is simple it's fucking my boy isaiah rashad coming at it with um i don't even know if it's really his song but spotify claims it's both of their song it's a uh, featuring isaiah see he's credited second but like under isaiah rashad it says it's his latest single i think they do that now because they didn't oh. used to okay well then it's bando's song uh with isaiah rashad because um, that's what they did for jeremiah's last song so uh, uh, and it's pretty good. Um, it's worth a listen. Yeah, I like it. Um, it kind of sounded like it kind of sounded like Isaiah was uh, not phoning it in, just not present. It, it felt. No, I think it, he was just called tell. for a feature and yeah, put some bars yeah, 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 and yeah. did. That's not a negative. I'm just saying that's what it felt like. Um, the movie, however, totally go. worth talking about. Um, because Bing 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 vegan propaganda alert. Uh, it's about veganism. Uh, it's called They're Trying to Kill Us, um, and it's kind of like the follow-up. Do you remember that one? It was like out on Netflix and got huge. <laughs> you cover into your brainwaves from the <laughs> yeah. government race there. I'm just cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, anything helps. Um, from What the Health, and I think maybe Forks Over Knives is the same people. Um, but uh, They're Trying to Kill Us, um, it's... Chris Paul, uh, 
who I believe is a basketball player, question mark. Um, I believe so. Former I, basketball. you know, I can't dispute yeah. it. He's from the Suns, Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns. Um, and Billie Eilish, I think, are like the two big co-producers on it. Um, sure. But yeah, it's called They're Trying to Kill Us. Um, and the premise is kind of like how minorities, people of color, and specifically poor people of color um, live in food deserts and yep. how there's food insecurity and how food-related illnesses are the leading causes of death, especially on those people and at especially higher rates of those people than even of um, white people in the same category of either socioeconomic status or I mean, living in the same areas. Who needs organic food when you have uh, only McDonald's and only Burger King and only the gas mm -hmm. station down the street to eat from, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and they go well into detail on all of that, and they talk about, you know, how the government lobbies for all these things and how, you know, like it is important to talk about. And this is largely coming from, like, black, brown, and indigenous peoples. Um, like, yeah, it's important to talk about police brutality, but, like, how the fuck are we not talking about burgers? How the fuck are we not talking? Like, we, we're all cool to blame cigarettes and alcohol, but how are we not talking about fried chicken? I, yeah. I really thought COVID was going to start this talk, but it really didn't, and I'm kind of disappointed by that. But, okay. Just, sorry, yeah, just adding um, on to that. No. Nope. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it, it talks about hip-hop, it talks about slavery, it talks about Native American peoples, um, talks about policy and politics, and... It's some, like, anecdotal stuff. I think what the health was, like, the worst about that, which is one of the reasons I didn't particularly love that kind of vegan documentaries because it was all about health and wellness. But, like, the physicians can only say so much. They have so much impact in the documentary. So then they, like, you know, show a little excerpt of this dude's life, and he's like, yeah, dude, I've been eating plant-based for a month. I don't take any more medicine. I've dropped, like, 90 pounds. And you're like, well, you're, like, N of one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. the sample size isn't great to – tell everyone they should just jump off their meds if they start eating vegan like that's not what it means but and you so can only this one, sorry, sorry you can only you can only tell someone so much when they live in a literal food desert so you right know. exactly yeah so so this one talks more about like the kind of um socio-political root of how we can fix these things and like how food security uh is like a huge issue in the united states well you know again when we say food security we imply healthy food nutritious food and not like yeah you can eat slim gyms but like there's literally no nutritional value outside of calories to a slim gym yeah so uh, do i want to buy let's see hold on let me do the math uh i can get six small slim gyms for two dollars or i can buy a banana you know what i'm saying <laughs> like there's a there's a big difference there and, and yeah it's a problem that we should be talking about so i'm glad a movie did it yeah. for me when it's a ton of hip hop artists, um, they focus kind of largely on Baltimore and St. Louis as mm. they have huge crime rates, um, huge proportions of um, especially impoverished black and brown people. Um, and then they do a little segment on like the Navajo Indians out like in the Arizona region. Um, and those are kind of like the three big geographic areas they talk about in terms of America. But, you know, they go into slavery, they go into fucking like Oregon trail and trail of tears and just like all this shit of like how fucked um you know not quote unquote white america because this isn't really a colorist thing and like a lot of the talk is that 
yes, it's disproportionately affecting black and brown people, but like it's affecting all Americans. Like they're very clear to say it. Corporate you know, so America, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know. yeah, it's it's just like it's really really interesting. It's good. Um, I think it's worth the watch. What was it on? Um, so that's the thing. If right now it's a limited release. I'm not exactly sure what the reason is because their previous ones had gone straight to Netflix, and it it's like a high budget one. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's just on their website. But like yesterday was the last day to stream it like for free. So I think they were doing like a limited preview release thing to generate traction before they do some kind of like either limited theatrical release or like I, I assume this is like it. I think it's like COVID times distributor issue and not necessarily like a, like I, again I just don't know really what the limitations are so I'm not sure where you can watch it anymore. Um, I'm sure Apple but, or someone will pick it but up. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to pick it up exactly. Um, but I think it's still available for purchase on their website. But of course, who's going to pay twenty dollars to watch a movie about <laughs> being poor and not being able to eat yeah, about things <laughs> so, I probably already agree with? Right. Yeah. Um. But it is well worth the watch. Um. Anyway, that's kind of all I did. No TV shows, no nothing. Nope. Well, okay. I watched more. This is us. Right. And it's Best a good show, show in America. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I finished that Claymore show. I'm just going to keep it brief. I don't care. Never going to think about that show ever again. Uh, I like the vibe. I still enjoyed the vibe till the end, but it just wasn't wasn't good. Uh, it felt sexual, even though there's literally no sex. It's just, uh, just, just to paint a picture for you. There are these demon creatures, right? Super demon creatures, and they can shapeshift their bodies, right? And you're thinking, oh, it's going to be like Venom, where they can, they can make a sword with their hand, or they can make an axe with their hand. No, the tendrils of said creatures just stab people. And when the main group of characters are all scantily clad women, and it's just tendrils stabbing women over and over and over again, and just a lot of that, it's just, I, it feels like it's bad taste, and I didn't care for it. So I don't, I would never suggest Claymore to anybody, really. So just just forget, right. forget I even talked about it. Uh, moving on, really, I didn't do a lot. Uh, I watched that. I started re-watching what we do in the shadows because season three was good. Uh, oh, I watched Shang-Chi, the new Marvel movie. The Le- rings or whatever. Legend Nine of rings. the Ten Rings, yes. Ten rings. And let me tell you if this isn't the most cookie-cutter, cliche-ridden Marvel movie in a minute. Like... I might go far as far to say that I'd probably rather watch Black Widow again. Than, wow. Yeah, because that's how bad it is. It's it's literally just an origin story. There's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. Uh, there is one good callback. It got pretty good reviews, didn't it? Sure. I and don't it did really well. It looks pretty. It's well shot, but it doesn't make it a good movie. The you can tell the camera work is great. You can tell the cameras they used are great, and you can tell the director had a lot of ideas. But when it comes to just story elements, uh, character development, character introductions, callbacks to the MCU, whatnot, whatever, what have you, it just doesn't do anything new. Absolutely nothing new. Uh, if it did do something new, I'd love for people to tell me because I don't know what it did other other than bring back a character from Iron Man three. Uh, which if you know, you know, it's hilarious, but, uh, it's, it, I, the only positive is a character that's not even really going to be in the Shang-Chi story. So 
that's I think that tells you all you need to know. I, I don't think you should ever watch it. I only think you should watch this if you're an MCU fan and you just want to keep up uh, because that's the only reason I did. And it continues to be the only reason I will ever watch that. Uh, yeah. Wait, so what does it do in terms of big MCU things? Just give me the spoilers. Uh, Nothing really. Well, it sets up him being an Avenger pretty much. Whatever. Not a big deal. But it brings back uh, Abomination from the Incredible Hulk, who we haven't seen in... 13 years so that was kind of cool it's like oh wow he's still in the mcu that's cool uh but what it really did what the cool thing it did was spoilers it brought back a character named trevor who pretended to play the mandarin in iron man 3 like he was an actor who acted or portrayed the mandarin in universe uh so they brought him back because the villain of this movie is the actual mandarin so, but they brought him back, and he's the comedic relief, and he's absolutely hilarious. It's 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 great, but it's not so great when comedic relief is the best part of your movie. Uh, right. <laughs> that's kind of the opposite of what comedic relief is supposed to do, you know. But uh, yeah, that's all I did for this week. If we want to move on to reviews of an is evening the, with oh. the thirteen year ago Hulk. Was that the Ed Norton one? Yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Abomination was the villain, main villain in that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so so it's it's it was cool to see that it has obviously it has MC roots that Kevin Feige figures out in his hip, like spider web of head, you know, of ideas or whatever. Uh, so it, it does fit in the MCU. I just don't care for the movie itself. Like if the MCU wasn't a thing, this would be a bad movie. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? And did you watch both credit scenes? Yeah. And all they did was set up Shang to be an Avenger. Like I said, the movie already did pretty much, uh, but the credits mm-hmm. did it again. And then it set up his sister, spoilers, his sister being a villain. So take that as you will. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really, I'll, I'll forget Shang-Chi here in like a month and I'll not remember most anything about it. But uh, if we want to move on to reviews. Uh, usual format or yeah. vice versa? Well, it's just usual. Well, I would right. say vice versa, but but this instance, this album was so short that it's probably just going to yeah. be the same. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Evening with Silk Sonic by Silk Sonic, a.k.a. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Uh, Kind of this new 70s, 80s disco skate scene fucking just... Good old jams, uh, Bootsy Collins, uh, uh, d- uh, d- uh, fucking, what are those shirts called with the collars and like the puffy cuffs and the fucking? I don't know if what those shirts are called per se, but I think most I people know. can imagine what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Big fucking wide brimmed glasses, afros, the whole look. Um, they did it. And that the one whole music sound, video they from, captured it. That one Migos music video from Culture Two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll start. Um, it's good. I'll, I'll give it a solid good. Um, is it perfect? No. Is it the perfect length? Yes. Is it an interesting concept? Yes. Is it a great concept? No. So it's like there's definitely a lot of wins, but it could have been a much better, I think. And there was instead definitely it was room. fun. Instead, it was good. Um, 
I like the Thundercat feature. I'm glad they didn't do too many features and get, like, all of the big fucking pop artists in this thing like most pop artists do nowadays. Um, my kind of big concern with it is the sameness of it all. Like, somehow they rein themselves in to sound cohesive, but it just sounds like only sometimes do you obviously tell when one song ends and one song begins, which is not a great thing when you have a fucking full project worth of music. Yeah, it's crazy. I, 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 you know, this is a testament to their skill. Honestly, it's crazy how well they honed in this sound for one project. You know, like that's that's an impressive feat, really. But it doesn't make the or it doesn't help the diversity or the varying sound or you know it, it doesn't help you parse this album or these songs from one another. Uh, so it it does give off a samey vibe. I'll definitely agree to that. Uh, I just want to add to that by saying uh, I think both of these guys are really talented and they showcase that on this album. I just still don't think they go together. There's just such a separation between these two styles that I'm, I I don't know. I I don't love it. I I really don't. It's like when one is doing it or when, when Pac is doing, you know, the bars, it sounds like a completely separate song than when Bruno Mars starts singing the hook. And that's that's a problem for me. I, I Even though, you know, they both are great on this album, I just don't think they're great together on this album. So I, I really think that's my biggest detriment. Or its biggest detriment, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think it's groovy. It's got that nice 70s groove. I You know, I love some throwback fake 70s sound. It's really nice. Uh, I, I, re- I really liked Fly As Me, the... Yeah, the song Fly As Me, uh, I, I, mm-hmm. it had kind of outcasty vibes, kind of Macy Gray vibes, kind of Nelly-ish, you know, just that sound. I, I think you can imagine if you're listening, uh, but I would definitely suggest that song, uh, especially uh, Anderson Pox bars on that one. Definitely give an Andre 3000 vibe. Um, I even liked After Last Night, but I will say I didn't like the singles. The singles that were out before the album came out, uh, they didn't really vibe with me and they didn't vibe with me again. You know, it, it didn't help that they were just so samey to the songs I hadn't heard. Uh, it just kind of contributed to my dislike or sorry, not my dislike, and, my indifference. So which all the singles or just specifically like leave the door open and skate? Uh, leave the door open and skate. Was there another single? Smoking out the window. You know what? I actually like smoking on the window. Is the other two? Is the other two? Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Skate wasn't great. Uh, was Skate the last one? No, second to last. But the last song's the most forgettable on the album for me. Which so. one was that called? Blast off. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to say that was a bad, bad cap off. It was just. It was just uh, terrible. It didn't do it for me. I was kind of ready for the beginning again, and as in like. I didn't care for this last track, so just take me back to the beginning already, please. Right. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't hate any of these songs. Once again, I think this is a, a pattern in the last few albums we've listened to. But I didn't love this album, not at all, really. It, it's good. See, I didn't love it, but it was short enough that I didn't get bored. That's which fair. is a big Definitely plus. Um, Very easy to I listen think, to. I think I do still really like the singles. Um, I think Leave the Door Open, where it was so unique and made it me so hyped for this album, even though I don't really care for the album as a whole that much now, 
that first thing when they first put it on in the music video, like all the settings were just right for me to like have a memory of that song. So I think I'll keep this song in a positive outlook in my life, even though like I probably won't go back and listen to it a ton. Um, as far as the songs that we haven't talked about before, because I think we've talked about all the singles, including Smoking Out the Window, so I won't belabor those. Um, I agree, Fly As Me and After Last Night um, were two of my favorites. Um, again, if we kind of like exclude the singles, which limits our options. But Put On A Smile and Blast Off were like, uh, hurt me to finish listening bad. And not because they were really bad songs. They just did absolutely zero things new in terms of the music. And I'm and, like, so why is this here? And you only have nine that. fucking songs. Especially and in I, terms like, of the talent of these two. When like when they were did they did like a Zane Lowe interview and they basically talked about like how everything just came so easy. Um and how it like recording this was so f- simple. Too and I'm easy. Like, well that's why I'm like then that means you all probably just made so much music and had a hard time differentiating it between you all that you just went with these two to like put it on. And you probably had like 10 other songs just like it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, it could have been too easy, but like at what cost? You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like this was a cool thing that they were doing on the side, but I kind of hope that they don't really try to continue the Silk Sonic sound. Like, I think this is yeah. good enough and they did it and I'll like be happy if they tore it a little bit and move on yeah it would be I cooler just, if like if they do the silk sonic thing it's like just a thing like they want to tour together and be friends and make music together if they explore like other sounds in the same way like if they go to like fucking 90s like r&b 2000s r&b and just fucking slam ass at that for a little bit or like even just do like this 70s versions of some of their other songs like ooh, that could be cool Ooh, yeah that, could that be sounds cool. like a better idea than this album yeah <laughs> and but i'm like if they keep this sound, I'm not sure how I'll like it. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I, I'm ready to give this a score if you are. Uh, I'd like a 7. Yeah, I think seven's fair. I could be talked into a 7.5 just based on maybe the singles, but I'm fine with 7. I'm happy yeah. with 7. I, I just don't like, think it had that uh, lasting effect or anything. Yeah, it didn't so have some wow I'm, factor to latch on to. Yeah, that's why I'm keeping it at a steady 7 in my mind, so... Yeah, right. 7 out of 10 from the Worst Critics. Moving on to the Tom Hanks starring, sorry, movie starring Tom Hanks, uh, directed by, I wrote this down, Miguel Sapochnik. Yeah. Yeah, Miguel Sapochnik, Finch, the Apple TV Plus original. Um, you start with the album, I'll start with this movie, okay? Uh, first sentence kind of rounded off by saying that... Uh, I think my 12 or 13 year old self would really dig this movie. Uh, too bad. I'm not that anymore. And you know, my tastes have changed and stuff. Uh, so I just give you a, give you a little starter to that, but I'll, I'll just go through the list. This movie feels a little dated. feels like it should have come out maybe 10 years ago. Uh, I don't think the CG CG looks phenomenal. I'm not going to say that, but just the directional style and even the score and its tone seem like it's lost in time and not 2021 at all. Uh, it doesn't help that Tom Hanks plays this almost comedic role. He, he plays it almost on the comedic side. And yeah. there's almost too much lightheartedness for me to care about the actual human elements of this story. Uh, because I'm not focused on Tom Hanks' willingness to survive. 
I'm focused on, oh, wow, this was supposed to make me laugh, wasn't it? Uh, and when that fails to do that, I fail to see the point in the movie. So it it definitely goes a little too far on that. It seems like a post-apocalyptic film for all ages, which really isn't a term. Yeah, strange. <laughs> yeah. strange decision. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of uh, the setup was nice. I think the setup is great. Uh, you know, I, I think you had a lot of room to explore what kind of toll that would take to be a super genius or presumably the last super genius alive or something. I don't understand. Some of this movie was very uh, ambiguous on his role in the world, but uh, yeah, the last super genius on earth with his dog and stuff. Uh, But when they tried to be emotional and they tried to cut deep, it just fell really flat. You know, it just, it felt so surface level that it did not go deeper. There was no flesh wound, you know, it, it was just like, Oh, that explains that move on. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't care enough to wonder what the past was like or wonder what's going to happen beyond the movie because the movie didn't give me a reason to, uh, I thought the score sucked. Sorry for whoever did the score or maybe sorry because the director told you the wrong things, but Although Alfredo uh, Santalaga, I'm sorry, Mr. Alfredo, uh, your 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 score did not do it for me. It was very noticeable. I think at times it felt like a 2006 DVD only movie score. Uh, uh, I there's just there's a lot of things that I don't care for in this movie. He's a Inaritu's composer. Wow. (laughs) Okay. He composed the first four. In your Ritu films. Okay. Did he do the ones? I mean, did he do after that or just the, just the, like the old ones? Let me look. Um, Has he done anything modern? I guess is my question really. Because uh, he's done a bunch of stuff between. Let's see. He's done a book of life, wild tales, making a murderer, borrowed time before the flood. Um, All That Divides Us, Narcos Mexico, The Fight, The Last of Us Part 2, El Cid, Finch. He's doing The Last of Us HBO series. <laughs> he broke back Mountain. He did Babel. He did Into the Wild. This man just does so much that I, some of them have to suck. That's just how that's how talent works. You put out so much stuff that some of it <laughs> Yeah, has you just to hope suck. some of it sticks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't feel too bad for saying it sucks. Um I don't know, man. The writing wasn't great. All these quippy jokes didn't feel natural. They, they, they felt very forced. It felt like he thought of the joke and then shoved its way into the screenplay, you know, instead of thinking of the screenplay and the joke came after, uh, it didn't come off as such. I don't know. This, this movie felt like it had no heart. And that's weird to say since it has one guy in it, which is the, uh, don't be fucking, don't be uh, anti-AI, bro. Okay, it had two actors in this movie, and you would think that's a surefire way to have a movie with heart. I think that's that's the whole point of making a movie with only two actors, is so that you have a lot of human elements and a lot of heart and a lot of, uh, I don't know, psychoanalyses kind of scenes. But none of that happened. Just absolutely none of that happened. Seems like a missed opportunity. Um uh, Oh no, man! I could go on. I could go down to the specific yeah, scenes. Yeah, I, I was ready. I was ready for you to rein it in because I, I think <laughs> I have a few sentences to sum it up. Exactly what it. you're saying. Um, I feel like this movie was written. Um, actually, let me rewind before I even get into my thing. 
Um, so apparently this movie was initially titled BIOS, like B-I-O-S, like the computer BIOS. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Written, I think, in 2018, started filming in 2019, and then because of COVID, kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. It was supposed to be out in August, they pushed it back a week, they pushed it back to this November release date that we finally got. And when it got pushed back to November, that's when it was purchased by Apple TV, and Apple TV actually rebranded it from BIOS to Finch. I think in that process, there was like serial editing that happened because this feels like it shifts in tone so frequently, but so frequently that like it's almost imperceptible. And what I mean by that is like this movie could have easily been a family drama. Mm hmm. This movie could have easily been a very mature, graphic, post-apocalyptic, like, psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. And what it ended up being was, like, some weird hybrid Frankenstein's monster of both. And yeah. perhaps more. Because, like, I don't know, like, it, it just contained so much stuff that you wanted to question, but it never gave you real time to explore before they were like, well, let's just press the gas and keep going to San Francisco for, you know, reasons. Even yeah. though I'm dying of like radiation sickness and or possible cancer, vast empty highways because why? Like <laughs> no one has cars anymore, or or the EMP took all the cars out, so literally no one could drive at all. Like I, I if there was a car following them, like yeah, yeah, like there was a whole there was a whole just like. It, it's an interesting thought experiment, but they just did explore it. Like, they just posited the idea of the thought experiment. Like, what if you were riding on a rocket around a black hole? And then did not think any further. They just said the <laughs> statement and, no, like, no thought after. Yeah. Uh, th this movie feels like a lot of setup for an ending. You know, it just it doesn't yes. it doesn't set up for another movie It's just setting you up to watch the credits, uh, because honestly, a movie about the robot and just the dog probably would have been better. I'm going to say way better. It would have been better. The, this, this movie could have just been edited better in that same uh, like it could have stayed a family drama mm -hmm. or the psychological thriller thing and done either of these changes where. The movies from the perspective of the robot post Finch's death, mm. with just flashbacks when he's telling the dog stories. There you go, there you go. There's you know? some ideas there. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm like, into it. Because you know, even if you want to do like the real tropey, like you know, kind of like prequel intro, where like you introduce him making the robot, and then boom, time starts for the real movie like 15 minutes later, and it's just flash forwarded, and we don't know how he dies, and we have to uncover that as the experience like there's so many ways they could do it and what they told was literally the most boring linear story with like no meat to it at all and and i'll add to this that the most boring linear story with no meat at all is only continued by characters mistakes so it's not even it's not even one of those things where you can excuse it because there's a natural flow it's oh you clearly needed a scene so a character made a mistake so that you could film your scene, and that never comes off well ever, ever. Period. Yeah. Dot. When, like, <laughs> again, maybe if it was like a real learning experience, like you know, did did Jeff need to experience these things in that amount of time? Like literally day one, you're gonna take him fucking exploring and 
yeah, we get it. You're sick and you're dying and that's why you did it. And yeah, you lucked out that he was even made in the first place and he's got some growing up to do. I get it. But like, how many days do you think this movie takes place over? Like three? Four? I thought there was maybe two weeks just because of how Jeff was uh, aging. Just because he went from baby to teenage boy, pretty much. Well, and he does the driving thing day one. I just assumed it was. A, I just assumed it was a couple weeks. You know, I just assumed it wasn't. I don't think the movie implied that. <laughs> I, I, well, I think assumed. they said out loud it, that the driving thing at the diner when he's like first coughing up blood that we see. Hmm. He was like, "I know you were born yesterday," and he meant it literally. Like it the was one, one day. The one clever line of this movie. also yeah this could have had some like interesting like father-son dynamics to it it decided to not explore that at all nope didn't explore anything about yeah whether like like, he wants why wouldn't he be sad yeah Yeah. why wouldn't he be sad that his literal dad died or how does he charge uh solar power you know (laughs) (laughs) he has no solar panels on his body if we know that they use solar technology in this movie for the rv or uh i like the fact that instead of i don't know instead of doing something uh real with this robot and programming hey this is how you restart civilization my dude he just made it a baby he just made it a baby and put information inside you know instead of like, there could have been some component to this movie where there's an actual motivation, you know? He could have made Jeff to continue civilization, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could have had the one task of making Jeff into humanity's savior, uh, but instead he just made a robot that was as dumb as Chappie. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the one... One very good thing about this movie is the robot CG. That is a, a, a fantastic piece of work, I will say, uh, because since obviously... Yeah, what was, the CG? The desert cities? I mean, like, was it perfect? No, but like... It, it rivaled okayness at the very least. Like, <laughs> it, it was never abysmal, and I feel like even a lot of modern movies have abysmal CGI in them. They do. It's true. I just and, like, watched Shang-Chi. Expensive, I was going to say, even expensive, pretty Marvel movies will <laughs> yeah. randomly have, like, a whole scene where you're like, do you all just, like, run out of money or just think I wouldn't notice when you switched from super high frame rate, like, buzzing outer space to, like, why doesn't this building's shadow line up with how it's facing? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some water effects in Shang-Chi that are very questionable. Awesome. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, there's a water effect that's really nice. At the end of the movie, there's not. Uh, but yeah, back to Finch. Uh, not good. Just not a good movie. I I don't think it was so offensive that I want to give it a two or a three. It wasn't that, you know. No. Uh, but this is okay. Go ahead. Sorry. But it is slightly better. You know, <laughs> it's it's close to that. It could have been offensive, but luckily it did so much nothing that I'm not really offended by it. It just felt like a kind of a waste of an hour and 55 minutes i don't know why it had to be an hour and 55 minutes for what we got yeah yeah i stopped watching it at 137 i think um after finch died and i just started fast forwarding um because i was like i get it and you're milking this out for no purpose like let me see him get to the golden gate bridge because we know he's going there and of course boom he's at the golden gate bridge and then the movie ends and i'm like how did this take 10 minutes what did they 
But if him and yeah. the dog talk about that, I could have cared that was just going to be emotionally gripping or like tell a story and it nothing. They and literally the talk nothing. about, yeah, they talk about nothing. And then he goes, hmm, this is right. Or this is beautiful. Finch is right. Movie over. <laughs> it's just, it really comes off as a very shoddily put together movie. Um, I, I like, I, I, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking of how you could have made this way better. And that's, that's sad when any movie causes you to do that. Uh, so yeah, you want to put a score on it because I, I really don't know if there's anything more to say. I think we've, uh, think we've talked about it pretty well. I would say yeah. five. Yep. I'd five to maybe six, but I'll keep it out of five. We'll keep it out. I'm five. With, I think five is five is a failing score, but this movie has enough potential that it could eventually get a passing score if they had done any of those things. But of course it's not going to, so it's not. Yeah, uh, I do want to shout out Miguel Sapochnik for doing this his whole career because uh, I looked it up and he directed Repo Men, which is another movie that has a really awesome idea and it's just really not an awesome movie. So shout out to him. Pause for a sec. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, that's you. Uh, Yeah, six or sorry, not six, five out of ten from the worst critics. And we will see you next week on episode 56 where we will be reviewing Adele's 30 and the new Will Smith movie, King Richard, courtesy of HBO Max. Come on, HBO Max. How are we not an original podcast yet? Uh, whatever. Uh, we're in talks. The intern's on it. Yeah, yeah. Give it a couple days, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that'll be it for episode 55. This has been The Worst Critics. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're out of here.